0: It is good to see you guys here. Y'all can be seated. And uh, we've already read the scriptures. Now, I guess I probably have a little bit of explaining to do. Um, As you probably tuned in, if you did not get the Facebook message, you may have been thinking that today was a continuation of uh, the Elijah message series that we're going to be tackling. And I just had a couple of things going in my head. One of them was... I did not want anybody to fall behind on Elijah. I know that I love the messages so far as just, you know, speaking to me personally. I especially enjoyed last week and it was definitely a high point as far as just the the opportunity to preach from God's word and let God's word speak for itself so clearly. And so hopefully you've been enjoying that. Hopefully it's been a blessing to you, even half as much as it has been to me. I hope that it is blessing you in that way. But I didn't want anybody who was out of town to fall behind, and I also did not want them to miss the opportunity to talk about something that takes up at least forty or forty-five or fifty or fifty-five hours of most people's life, and that is their job and their relationship to their job, uh, as far as from a spiritual perspective. So today, instead of Elijah Bold and Broken, I'm going to be speaking about I love my job, and uh, hopefully, at least by the end of today, you will be able to say that. Now I've got a lot of ground to cover and. Some things that I want to make sure that we talk about. So let me go ahead and just jump right off into it. As we know, we're talking about Labor Day tomorrow, and we're talking about the fact that we have an opportunity to have a job that brings blessings into our lives and it can also be a blessing through us. Uh, but we need to understand. I think a lot of people in our modern world today, they talk about, you know, what their job, what they really prefer for their job to look like. And I want to be honest with you. I think more and more these days, I have people that don't necessarily talk about the fact that they want a ton of money, although ton of money is good, don't get me wrong, but they think having a little bit of extra time on their hands might be the thing that they would love the most. And you can even kind of put it in this way. This is the idea of many people's modern day success. It's not tons and tons of money, but it is tons and tons of time being able to kick back, put your feet up in a hammock on a beach somewhere and not have to worry about anything. But can I just be honest with you? I, I, I've I've done this, right? You've done this. You've been to Jamaica or you've been to Cozumel or you've been somewhere, uh, maybe even here in the continental United States in Florida or something where you've been able to sit on a beautiful beach and you've been able to sit in a hammock and put your feet up. And I'm going to be honest with you. I I, I burn easily. So I'm not really into staying there for too long. Uh, I'm going to get burnt and then be out of commission for like three days, you know? So I know that this is not exactly my idea of The greatest thing in the world. And I'm going to be also very honest with you. I think there is something to the fact that God has created us to accomplish something here in this world. And if we just say, well, hey, I I won the lottery at 23 years old, and this is what my life is going to look like for the next 40 or 50 years. Hey, more power to you. You're probably the one in millions and millions, but. For most of us, this is not exactly the ideal. It might be for a week or two or a month or two, and you probably have a to do list that you'd like to get done at home that you just never can seem to get to. But let's be very clear about something. The truth of the matter is, is that for most of us, unless we're kind of in that older age group, we still want to do something with our lives. We still want to accomplish something. We still want to add value to our world. And this modern view of success takes it out of the equation for us that we're not really benefiting anybody but ourselves. And ultimately, until we get to that place where we're actually putting back into the world... We're going to feel empty. That's just the truth because that's how God has made us. And even those of you who might desire for this to be true, you probably have something on the other side of that view that you want to get to, whether it's writing a book or volunteering more or dealing with people that you'd like to help, but you just don't have an opportunity to do that because you don't have time and being able to do something that won't pay you, but will pay you dividends on the inside. And so there's lots of things in our modern world that kind of discount the value of work, but let's not discount it because that's not actually biblical. As a matter of fact, Oscar Wilde even kind of 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 talks a little bit about this in one of his quotes, and you can even see it here on the screen. He says, the best way to be thankful for the job and appreciate that job is to imagine yourself without one. Because it is true, although we'd love to have that extra time, there are a lot of things that that job brings into our lives. Now, let's talk about something to learn very quickly. And you may be confused about this, so I want to make sure that it is crystal clear. Work for Adam and Eve existed before mankind's sin in the Garden of Eden. God meant work for our good. The curse of God was not on labor itself... But it was that labor would be unproductive. If you don't believe me, go back to Genesis chapter 3 and look it up. Because the truth of the matter is, is that God made work uh, less productive because of man's sin. And he, he let the earth uh, go into a, a different state than he originally created. But to be very clear, God gave Adam work to do even though he was in the Garden of Eden. And so work is not a curse Work is a positive and a beautiful thing, and it's something that brings meaning and purpose into your life. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of things that work does for us that we don't really even often think about and kinda allow to ourselves to just sit with it. So I have a movie that I wanna share with you that'll kinda detail and hopefully help you to see your job and your career in a better way. So let's check out this movie real quick.
1: I am blessed to be given the ability to labor, to do good with my talents and efforts, to give to my co-laborers with an open hand and honor our relationships with Christ's love. I am blessed to earn wages, to take care of those whom I love, to share with those in need, to give back to God a portion that He's so kindly given to me and to enjoy the goodness of life. I am blessed to have the strength of the Lord, to be useful in this world, to be used by God in big and small ways. I am blessed also to rest, to gather with those I cherish, to close my eyes and take the time to dream, to renew myself in the Lord once again. As I follow God from day to day, I will appreciate my work. It is my portion from the Lord and a gift. May God keep me occupied with gladness of heart in work and rest.
0: Amen. All right, very good. And as we look into this passage of Scripture, I want to look about two different lessons that we learn from this group of women, Mary and Martha, and what we see in their life and what is happening for them. And as I read from Luke chapter 10, uh, I want to just go back and reiterate a couple of things and pull a lesson out. And let's check it out here. As we look at Luke chapter 10, Martha had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all of the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Well, Jesus shows incredible uh, restraint here because he doesn't want to get into the middle of a fight between two sisters. Can I get an amen, right? That's not a good idea, not even if you're Jesus, right? So here's the truth. He has talked about this situation and shares it in his gospel, and this has actually inspired different paintings and various things. There's one here. as you can see, all of this incredible feast is being made. And then over here on the right-hand side of the picture, you can see Jesus and and Mary just sitting at his feet and learning from him as Martha is swamped with work in the kitchen. But here is what we want to make sure that we do not miss. And let's check this out. Work-life balance comes when we understand the difference between the urgent and the important. We talk about this a little bit here in uh, you know our work and our services here. The truth of the matter is, for you and for me, if we can't draw the line of distinction between what is urgent and what is important, we are always going to struggle with work-life balance because the truth is, is that there are opportunities that you are going to have only once or twice or three times in your life maybe. And if you are so busy with the urgent, you are going to miss those opportunities and you will look back with regret that you did not participate in those things. Now, you guys know my situation in my particular phase of life. We, my wife and I, are now empty nesters. That means we've got all of our kids out and away. And Shelly just had a big shout there in the back. It's pretty awesome. Uh, It is definitely a great time uh, to be married and uh, having a lot of fun together, just the two of us, just like it used to be. But I'm here to tell you that I really look back still on the These things that I could have done with my kids and I wish I had done more. I think we did a lot. We were very intentional about the things that we did as a family, but I still look back and wish we had opportunities to do more and wish we had kind of seen that these things were fleeting. And I heard people telling me constantly, These things are going to be gone before you know it. You turn around and your kids are going to be gone and grown and they'll never be back in your house in the same way as before. And I'm here to tell you, I heard it and I believed it and I even lived according to it, but I cannot even tell you how right these people were that were telling me these things because it just felt like a short season. Now, I know if you're in the middle of the season, you feel like it's never going to end, especially if those kids are in diapers or needing potty trained or whatever, or maybe in their terrible twos or terrible threes or terrible tens. I don't know exactly what your kid is going through, but I'm here to tell you those days will pass. And when they do, you're going to look around and go. My kids don't need me anymore. They've got a driver's license. Well, still they need me to pay the bills, but they don't need me to haul them around in those times in the car that we constantly had that I looked at with such frustration. I'd give them back so we could spend some time together in 20 and 30 minutes with my kids again. I'm telling you, it happens, and you're gonna look around and wonder where the time went. If you do not grasp that most of work is urgent, but not important, You will constantly give your very best to what is urgent and fail to give your best to what is important. I'm here to tell you that work-life balance comes about when you learn to draw the distinction in the line between urgent and important. And if you can do that, you have a shot at really having the right place in your mind and in your heart for the things that are so (laughs) happening so quickly around you. And in Martha's case, she was all about the urgent All about the urgent. And then in Mary's case, as she was sitting there at Jesus' feet, she realized that she did not always have this opportunity. And it's so important that we see. Let's look at Luke chapter 10 once more. Martha came to him. This is kind of a revisiting. Martha came to him. Lord, don't you care? My sister's left me to do all the work by myself. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and you're upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. I'm here to tell you, choose what is better in your labor, in your calling, in your job, in your vocation. Don't get it twisted about what is most important and what is just merely urgent. And let me just be very clear. Everyone in your life is desperately going to be trying to convince you that their priorities make it important in your life. If you can get past that and understand that their priorities... Don't always have to mean it is important in your life. It might just simply be urgent. Then you can arrange your life to be in a place where work-life balance is right there. And this brings us to our big idea that work brings blessings and purpose. There's no doubt whatsoever about it. Work brings blessings and purpose, but only if we maintain proper perspective. Only if we maintain proper perspective. I shared this picture with you guys last week. I share this picture a lot. I talked a little bit about how in our lives many times we talk about a, a valley and a mountaintop. We think we're either on the mountaintop or in the valley. But I heard Rick Warren say that the truth of the matter is, is that most of the time in our lives, what is really happening is not an all-high or all low experience, it is more like that railroad track that we just saw, where you have one part of your life that is going very, very well, and one part that is struggling. I often use this one because you probably can identify and how true it is in our talking about Labor Day. Usually, if you've been busy at work, you've got money flowing like never before, but you have zero time to take advantage of that money that you have in the bank. But then, when you have plenty of time, you probably don't have the money that you need. At many times, we have different parts of our lives, one going very well and one lagging behind. Can I tell you that if you get to the place where your labor, where your occupation, where maybe even your calling is something that you are you know, holding steady in and keeping a proper perspective in, it can give you strength and it can give you clarity and perspective and make your life even stronger than if you did not have that dedicated and, and uh, given to you from the Lord. So I encourage you, let your occupation and your calling be something important. And let me just be very clear. I know that you do not have to be a pastor or a missionary or a youth pastor or a a part of a 501c3 uh, non-profit organization to make a huge and powerful and important impact in our world. I want to be very clear about that. The truth of the matter is, is that you don't need to be a pastor if you're not called to be one. You don't need to be a missionary if you're not called to be one. You need to be a teacher if you're called to be one. You need to be a nurse or a doctor or an engineer. or on and on the list goes. You need to be a company owner who provides jobs for new people. Uh, You need to be a great employee wherever you are. The list goes on and on. You and I are called to be one type of thing, not just simply say, oh, well, if I could one day become a pastor, then God would be pleased. No, no, no. God wants you to do what he's designed you to do, and that is so important. Now, I wanna just share something with you guys. Uh, I don't know if y'all have ever bought a brand new one of these before, but I bought a brand new iPhone and uh, not recently, but a few years back. And when I did, this is what my earbuds look like. Have any of you guys ever had that experience where you open it up and you see this and they're like, hey, this is great. This is what my headphones and my earbuds look like. I'm going to tell you, I've actually got a picture in the next slide. Two hours later, this is actually what my earbuds look like. Um, and any of y'all, can y'all say amen? I mean, my goodness gracious. I, that's literally one pair of headphones. That is all that's actually in that picture, at least in my house, okay? I don't know how it is true, but it is a true statement that if you have a pair of earphones or earbuds That stuff gets so twisted so fast, I can't even explain it. It's almost as if, if I grabbed those earphones and took them and like did this and like kind of twisted it all around, I don't think I could create the knots. That somehow being in my pocket, you know, creates for me. I don't understand. And it is not even frustrating to me anymore. Think about this for a second. How many of y'all just go, it's just iPhone earbuds being iPhone earbuds. It just, it is what it is, right? Can I get an amen, right? Maybe in the chat, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's just how it is. That's how it goes. And that's what happens. The truth of the matter is for most of us, We just know that there are certain things that are always going to require our attention. But let me say something to you very clearly, very clearly to all of us. The proper perspective about our jobs and our occupations also doesn't just mean work-life balance, doesn't just mean making sure urgent and important are very clear. But it also is something where your expectations are also very, very clear. The truth of the matter is, is if we look a little uh, in a different passage of scripture going back to Mary, she has an opportunity to anoint Jesus. As a matter of fact, uh, from all indications, Mary and Martha and Lazarus are pretty financially well off. They've done pretty well in business. And she has an incredibly expensive perfume that she uses to anoint Jesus in John chapter 12. But in John chapter 12, verse 7 and 8, Jesus says something, and I want to show it to you real quickly. And then I want to make the connection to what it means in our world today and in our occupations. Jesus says, well, let me, let me back up just a tiny bit before I read this to you. Jesus is very, very much accepting and appreciative of the worship that she is lavishing out on him. And Judas speaks up and he's like, this is a waste. I can't believe this happened. This perfume could have been sold. And actually a whole year's worth of wages could have been earned from the sale of this perfume. And we could have given it to the poor. And Jesus is actually just a few days away from his crucifixion, his burial, his resurrection that's gonna change the entire world and all of mankind. But he is also about to go through the most difficult thing he has ever gone through as a human man versus sin and all the things that he's got to you know shoulder. And so Jesus speaks up and he's basically looking right back at Judas and he says, Leave her alone. It was indeed and intended that she would save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Now, you may have read this passage of Scripture, and if you did, you may not have noticed this truth. What Jesus tells us here is is that there is always going to be a class of people that are struggling with poverty, that it's always going to exist, that it just will always be. And the truth of the matter is, is that we can have a, a war on poverty the way that we've declared war on drugs or different things like that. But the truth is, is that there will always be a class of people that will be embroiled in, 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 in poverty. It's not good. It's not positive. It just is. And I'm going to tell you how this applies to our world dealing with our occupations. Here's what it tells us. There are things in your job... That are just not ever going to get fixed all the way. And you know this, but you've never really stopped to put the two and two together to add up to four. Let me explain it the way that Andy Stanley says it in his podcast. There's a great, that's a great podcast that you can definitely uh, subscribe to. It's called the Your Move Podcast with Andy Stanley. But here's what it is. is It's just don't miss. Uh, This second piece of of, uh, the truth that I do not want you to miss. Some issues we deal with are problems to be solved, and some are always simply going to be tensions to be managed. Let me just say that again. There are some things that are going to be problems to be solved, and there are other things that are just going to be tensions that you can manage, but you can never fully solve them. Now, You and I know this. This is why I talked about the headphones a minute ago. It just is what it is. iPhone earbuds get in a twist and a tangle. You can't undo it. I cannot fully explain why my room needs to be cleaned every week. I mean, I did it last week and it was spotless, but yet today I need to go home and do some things in my room or I may end up getting a divorce, right? So this is how it is. It is a truth that it is a tension to be managed. It's not a problem to be solved. Now, how does this work in your, in your job situation? You probably have had this situation and you've not really put the two and two together. Here's how it looks. You get frustrated because you've already been through things, you've already set things in motion, you've even set a different schedule of, hey, you go A to B to C to D, and that's how everything gets solved. And then a month later, you're not going A to B to C to D, you're going A to D to B to, you know, everywhere. And you're going, what is going on? We fixed this last month. How is it out of sorts today? The truth of the matter is, is that there are some things that are just going to have to be constantly managed and you can't ever truly fix them. Now, if you're a person who likes to fix things and them to stay fixed, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. But if you don't grasp this, your job will never be a blessing to you. It will always be a constant source of frustration to you. Because some things don't fix to stay fixed. They fix to push off and get a little further down the road, a little better off. But then you have to give it attention again. Now, that may sound like something horrible to you. But let me be very clear about something. This is a truth The minute that you don't have something to accomplish with your job, guess what happens to your job, right? Exactly, you don't got one no more, (laughs) right? This is just the truth. And the truth is is that that thing that won't stay fixed could also be termed as job security for you because your boss doesn't want to put up with it any more than you do, but you're getting paid to put up with it. That's why you still have a job. And I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be cute. But there are people who literally think, I fixed it, it should stay fixed. And then when it's not fixed, they hate their job and the people that they work with. And they think that the problem is constantly someone else not following the things that they should be following. There's a constant low-level grade of frustration or aggravation that spills out and boils over. I'm here to tell you. This is a truth that you have to grasp. And this is part of that proper perspective. There are things that you're gonna deal with at work that are not problems to solve. They are just tensions to manage. And you know what? If you got kids, you can say amen because this is true with your kids, right? So we know this. So let's move on very quickly to this big question. And here's the big question that I wanna ask you. What is God doing for you and through you for important and even eternal impact that is happening in your job arena. Now, before you answer this question mentally, maybe for some of you, you already know, for some of you, you don't, but here is the truth. There are things that God is doing for you and through you in your job arena that you alone can do. That God is doing purely through you and you alone. And if you can allow that to be something that is a blessing instead of something that you are frustrated by. If you can grasp a bigger vision and realize that God has you in people's lives that you would never had crossed their paths but now you can. Or God has given you extra money that you never had before and yet now you have it in your pocket and then a need comes up. And there is nothing more beautiful than being able to reach in your pocket and to pay for somebody's dinner and they never know who did it. I mean, there is some beautiful, beautiful outflows from earning and you know gaining money and things of that nature that you can use as a way and a path of blessing, but you can't miss that. And you've got to put it in that balance where you say, do I love my job or do I hate my job? Well, the truth is, is that I hope and pray that eventually you'll get to the place where you say, I love my job. I might not let love every single thing about it. I might love every single person that I deal with, but I love my job. It enables me to do these things. It enables me to provide for my family or or give to someone who is not financially doing well. It enables me to experience things that I'd never experienced if I didn't have the money to do that. There's all kinds of ways that you can be blessed by the things that God is doing For you and through you that all center around your job. Now, here's the I apply by, and it's just simply this tackle this question, how is my perspective? And adjust it where it's necessary. It probably is indicated by and begins with your mouth. And here's what I mean if you can't say with me, I love my job. You probably have a different perspective than you need to have. Now, I'm not saying that you've got to be, I love my job. I'm just pretending I don't really feel that way. I'm not trying to ask you to be somebody that you're not or to be disingenuous. But here's what I would say. I think all of us know that there is something positive that God can do in our job situations. And your perspective is probably going to come out. Did you notice when Mary and Martha, Martha was over there doing all the work and Mary was just sitting there? It was only a matter of time before Martha said, God, God's son, can you pay attention to me for a moment? And can you ask her to help me? I'm over here doing all the work myself. I know that stuff never gets said at your job. I'm doing all the work around here. Make them do their part. I know that never gets said by you at your job, right? But Just pretend with me for a minute that it might. It probably begins with your mouth to indicate where your mind and your heart is. And it also probably helps you to gain whether or not you're gaining perspective. And there's nothing in the world wrong with asking people to do their part. But just remember to keep it in perspective and make sure that you're grateful for all that God has done and all that God will do. Okay, so I'm going to end with this story And I'm going to be honest with you, I think you guys might need to pray for me. It kind of begins with a picture. I don't know if you guys maybe know who this is. How many of you in here in the house today, how many of you know who this woman is? Do y'all know who this woman is? None? None of you guys? I think my wife knows who this one is um, because she's talked with me a little bit about this. Her name is Mary Kondo and uh, she is from Japan. She is a lady who has been dealing with the decluttering thing. She's Helped everybody to declutter. Have you guys seen how people are starting to fold their clothes different and all that stuff? This is Mary Kondo. This is the Mary Kondoization of folding clothes. And I checked it out. I actually got on the internet and I looked to see what it was like. And literally what she does, if you go and check out her YouTube videos this woman looks like she's going to an Easter service. Okay. She's out there folding clothes and she looks like she's going to an Easter service. She is dressed to the nine. She's wearing heels and hose. I mean, she's doing it all. And this is where I ran into my problem because the other day I knew that my wife was familiar with Marie Kondo, the the joy of decluttering and things like that. And, and so I saw her as I was very, very deeply involved in the spiritual act of watching a ball game on television. Um, I was dressed in my finest sweats and t t-shirt as I watched the ball game on TV. And my wife came in, um, in to the living room with a load of laundry. And uh, I told her, I said, you know, Mary Kondo would probably let you know that you're not really dressed well enough today to fold my clothing. I just want you to know that. And so I just shared with my wife that she probably needed to go get on some hose and heels and, you know, a nice jacket and stuff like that. She didn't seem to appreciate that uh, very much. But I also pointed out to her that as she folded my jeans, she did not have this look on her face the way that she should have. Because... I felt like one of the things that Mary Kondo does is she lays them out. She's very gentle. She, you know, does this. And she says, make sure as you do begin to fold that you're thankful for the continuing support that this article of clothing is giving you. And Shelley's always said she liked the way I looked at my jeans. And so she wasn't really showing the joy like this as I feel like she should have. And so I pointed that out to her. I said, babe, I don't think that you're joyful, but... The good news is, is that she didn't get in my way as I continued to be able to watch the ball game on television as I sat there, and uh, I know that's good, and so you guys need to pray for me, my life is in danger. Uh, This is definitely something to be praying for. Pray for my marriage, pray for my sanity, my personal health, because Shelly will kill me if this is true. Okay, it's all a joke. Here's Netflix show, you can even, she asks the question in your life, does stuff spark joy if not get rid of it and uh, it's funny because you know a lot of us we have 32 shirts and we wear about six of them and we keep these things for days and days and years and years and we never uh, you know actually wear them so she says get a piece of clothing if it doesn't spark joy get rid of it and you know it's kind of an interesting thing now before you make fun of mary kondo which i kind of was teasing a little bit on mary kondo Do you know that this woman now is worth over $8 million? She's worth over $8 million because she's figured out that decluttering, whether it's spiritual decluttering, financial decluttering, or even just decluttering your closet. These are tensions to be managed, not problems that get fixed. And isn't it interesting that she will probably keep making money by the millions because these tensions don't go away. But if they did go away, she wouldn't have a job anymore, and she'd be just like you and me, right? And so here's what we grasp and understand. If we can keep things in perspective, in a godly perspective, and see things from his viewpoint, we realize that every good and perfect gift comes from God, that that work was something that existed even before our fall. The truth is, is that God gives us work to help us to enjoy the things that we experience and having a part to play and being creative and the things that we do personally to earn our keep is some of the most satisfying feelings that a human being can feel, whether man or woman, young or old, it doesn't matter. And so the truth is, is that if we can gain that perspective on our labor and realize that God is using it to be a blessing to us and to be a blessing through us, those things that feel like A death sentence can become something that brings us joy. And so I hope that you will do that very thing, that you will always remember that that is put in your life, not to be something that is slave and off to the salt mines, but instead something that brings you joy and is a blessing to you and allows you to be a blessing to other people. Heavenly Father, as we end our time together, I pray that you would encourage us and challenge us and use our jobs and use us at our jobs, Lord, to be a blessing and to be grateful at all times for the things that you have done for us and the ways that you have blessed us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: the world But it couldn't fill me to empty praise And treasures the fade
0: This morning, Amen. Awesome. Love it. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to sing. Uh, th- that will be the worst day ever, but I'm going to enjoy it more than anybody else. I promise. No, Great job. Thank you guys so much. Wonderful job, worship team. And uh, thank you guys for being here today in real life, live stream, or even if you're watching later. God bless you guys. We love y'all. Hope y'all are staying safe. We're just a few weeks away from making a decision about exactly when we're gonna to begin to open things back up here at EHC. That's coming soon. Watch your emails and uh, watch here and make sure that you are following so you know when everything gets back to being a little bit more normal or new normal or whatever it is. Definitely make sure we're all going to be wearing masks here as we come along. Most of us are wearing masks here today and uh, we're all going to be wearing each and every week we'll be wearing masks as we are uh, kind of coming in and going out and then socially distancing while we are here. So we're looking forward to eventually having you guys back with us here. It's not the same without you, but we're excited about having that opportunity to get back together. I hope you guys have a great Labor Day. May God bless you. Enjoy your day and uh, have a terrific time with your family and friends. Make sure we maintain that perspective. And let me just say, uh, as we always do, we have just heard God's word. Now let's go live it. God bless you. Love you guys. Y'all stay safe.